Welcome to Shin Kicking Mondays, the Shut Up Show's free weekly coaching series where I help brave entrepreneurs kick fear to the curb, shut up, and make shit happen. Join us live every Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time. Simply go to bernieshung.com slash live. If you want your question featured, simply leave your question in the comment box. Let the Shin Kicking begin. Oh my lord. Okay, hello. Welcome to another edition of Shin Kicking Mondays. Thank you, Dave Conry, for showing up. I think you're the only one who stuck with me, dude. But um, thank you, everybody else, as well. I'm going to just go with it. You know what? This is how technology works. This is, this, is, this is the world of social media and the interwebs. So you know what? You got to go with the flow, right, y'all? Anyway, um, I'm Bernie Shung, your coach, uh, podcaster, web show host, blogger, author, speaker, everything else. And I've been gone for two weeks, so I apologize we didn't have a Shin Kicking Mondays episode. Last week, I didn't have a voice after I came back from Fargo from the Misfit Conference. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later in this conversation today. But I did end up having a comment that was left on the BernieShung.com slash live page that goes with Shin Kicking Mondays. And I'm going to try to pull it up. My computer crashed before when I logged into this episode. So I, like I said, am feeling a little disorganized here. I had everything ready to go. And I logged in. And I wasn't there anymore. But you were. So thank you for sticking by. And... Uh, for believing in me <laughs> and trusting that I'll be back today. So here I am. Okay, so I'm going to pull up the question that was raised by a fellow brave bear. Mark Bottomiller, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, you left a comment about how you know what you need to do but sometimes it's difficult doing it and you need track you need to make you want to feel like you you're making traction you want to feel like the work that you're putting in and the time you're putting in is going somewhere and that it's not wasted time it's not wasted energy and that you are progressing and that you are seeing results for all the time and energy and resources that you're putting in so I'm sure many of you, including myself, have experienced this before. So I thought this was a very relevant and timely question to ask, especially since I'm stuck in that mode right now, coming back from a conference, feeling high on life, but then feeling completely drained and what uh, the Misfit Conference peeps call having a vulnerability hangover. I'm still going through that right now as we speak, one week and one day later, the aftermath. So, so I believe this question will be one I can answer for myself as I'm personally going through this. So Mark Bottomiller asks, or actually leaves a comment, and I think there's a question in here. I'm not really even sure what to ask. I just can't seem to get any traction. I know what I need to do, at least some of it, but I'm not but I'm having a hell of a time getting it done. Part of it is cost slash risk. Since I'm building a physical product, I have to buy raw materials and stuff, but it seems to run deeper than that. Of course I'm scared, nervous, whatever. 
but I also realized that this new venture has some real possibility to get me doing what I really want to be doing. Anyway, just posting this as some uh, has lent some clarity, but I'd love to hear your take. Is there even a question in there anywhere? Of course there is. There's always a question in there. So Mark, thank you for asking the question and for being brave enough to express yourself openly and honestly. I think a lot of people who don't get ahead in life or who don't make progress are people who are afraid to admit they're scared. They're people who are afraid to admit they don't know all the answers yet. They're people who are not afraid to say, this might be a stupid question or this might be a stupid comment, but I'm going to put it out there anyway hoping I get some feedback. So Mark, kudos to you. I think this is the first best step you can make is shining the light on the problem or the issue or what you feel you're lacking. Because I think the question really is this, how will I know that the time, energy, money, resources, etc., that I'm putting into this project, how do I know that that's going to take me where I need to go? without feeling as if I've lost time, I've lost that money, I've lost you know, all of that energy, I've lost those resources that I could have been redeploying somewhere else, right? Re reallocating somewhere else. You know? And then I think an even deeper question than that is how do I know what I'm doing is right? How do I know what I'm investing in is good for me right now and that it's not going to go to waste? And it goes back to the whole premise of it all, which always seems to be the reason why many people want help, why many people ask for support, why many people feel stuck and feel paralyzed in the thing they're doing. At the end of the day, it's that you feel you're not ready, you're not good enough, you don't have the, enough tools, you don't have all the experience yet, so you don't know what you don't know. So I'm just kind of I'm just trying to reframe the question because I think there are a lot of questions underneath the comment that you made Mark but I believe wholeheartedly the question is what if I'm wrong what if this doesn't work what if I fail you know what if I suck what if nobody comes and buys this thing or what if nobody comes and supports this thing that I'm doing because the deeper question that follows that question is Will I look stupid? Will they make fun of me? Will I have to go back to what I was doing before? Will I be a big loser with an L stamped on my head? Right? Will I ever be good enough to do that thing that I would rather be doing than the thing that I'm doing now? So I wish there was an easy answer to offer you, Mark. I would say that the best piece of advice I've been given from the people that I've looked up to, mentors, coaches, leaders, other content creators, other entrepreneurs, people who I call my peers, but people who I, I don't know and may never know, but who lend very amazing advice. And I think the, the, the key is you've got to go out and gain the experiences, even if it means that you fail. And even if it means that you're wrong, and even if it means that sometimes things that you do will suck, won't work, or won't make any traction. That, that's just the reality of the situation, and that's the nature of being an entrepreneur. It's taking the risk to be wrong, but to at least gain experience and wisdom and 
many lessons that you can learn from that error, if you want to call it that, which I don't really believe anything's a mistake or an error. I think that just lends to the pool of resources that we we put in our toolkit to help us to be stronger and more advanced at what we do. It's that we have learned from experiences. Now we know what not to do. Now we know how we can correct it and make it right the next time around. So I know it's kind of an ambiguous answer, but I encourage you, Mark, to take chances, to take risks, to be wrong, to fail, to suck at things sometimes. But here's the thing. You don't have to do it alone. There are so many people out there who are really good at the thing that they do. And if right now you lack experience, then invest some money and time into finding resources who are so damn good at what they do so that you can hire them to help you with that thing that you're not as good at and that they're amazing at. There are so many people who can help you do that. I'm sure there are people already in your network. And if there aren't, there are places where you can you know, hire out you know, contractors such as Elance and Odesk. Um, Fancy Hands, I heard, is a new one, but I think that's more for like you know people to assist you. Freelancer, I believe, is still around. Craigslist. I mean, there are just so many different options for you to find the help that you need, so that you don't have to do it alone. Now, you were talking about the cost slash risk um, weighing the two. There really wasn't a, a deep question in you know, in, in that comment that you made, but I'm going to venture to say that it sounds like you're saying, how do I know that what I'm investing in time and money is going to give me a return on that more quickly than not, right? Or will give me a return at all. And so the risk of losing the money, the risk of losing the time is a concern to you. So we already talked about the first part where it's if you don't have the experience, hire out help. Now, what if you don't have time, right? I, I believe, Mark, that you do work a full-time gig. So the time you have is at nights if you work during the day and on weekends if you don't work on weekends. And so this means that your time is even more limited. So it sounds like you don't really have the time either. The same answer would be go out and hire help who can allot you the time to do what you're good at and what you would rather be doing so they can do the things that you don't have the time to do nor the skills to do. I would say the third thing too is let's say you're lacking the capital, let's say you're lacking the money, right? So if you don't have the money then you have to be damn good at being more resourceful. And there are many ways I mean being more resourceful. That can mean find ways to be more efficient in the things you do, find ways to be more productive in the way you work, find ways that you can work with other people who are good at what they do, I, I don't really recommend it for too long, but when you first start out, I definitely think there's a good thing in bartering, right? Finding other people who are expert at the things that they do well. You're an expert at the thing you do well. Exchange and trade your services. Help support each other. Those are other ways, too, that you can find help without having to foot the bill to do that because I know it can be costly when you're first starting out. But again, you've got to go out and weigh the pros and cons. Are we talking about you're lacking time? Are we talking about you're lacking money or are we talking about you're lacking the experience, knowledge, and resources to go out there and do what you need to do? Let's say it's all three, which, by the way, 
was me <laughs> when I first started six years ago. And that meant a lot of grit, a lot of hustle, a lot of learning DIY stuff, a lot of connecting to other people, a lot of networking, a lot of asking for help, a lot of offering other people help, and a lot of bartering as well. So when I first started out, I all of those costs were an issue for me. So I didn't have the time, I didn't have the money, I didn't have the resources, so I worked damn hard to go out and do it. If that's not the case for you, then you're in even better shape because you have three different ways that you can mitigate the risk of wasting time that you don't have or wasting money that you don't have. Instead, make calculated decisions so that you are investing properly, so that you are spending properly rather than feeling like things are a waste. Here's what I find to be a waste. A waste is, let's say you have a full-time job and you have a side hustle, but you somehow you find yourself on the couch watching Jersey Shore. I mean, that's a waste. That's wasted time. How is watching a TV show like that going to move you closer to doing what you want to do, which is to build a business as you're trying to work out of your, your day job? Now, spending money on things that you can invest in you, you can invest in your development, you can invest in your business, that's a whole different thing. So, for example, you know, hiring a coach to help you to be held accountable to meeting your tasks on time, to meeting your deadlines, to achieving your goals. Let's say that you have a hard time being self-motivated. They'll pump you up. They'll encourage you. Let's say that you are, are, it's tough to make decisions. They'll be your sounding board. They'll help you get to that decision quicker because you're too damn close to it, right? So that's just another example of ways that you can invest in yourself so that you don't have to feel so alone on your island. I feel like these are the things that are jumping out at me in terms of you saying, I know what I need to do, I just need to go do it, but it's very difficult because I don't have the time or I don't have the experience or I don't have the resources or I sometimes don't even have the money. I totally, totally get it. And that's especially when you need to invest in yourself to go get the help that you need, whether that help is paid help when you hire somebody for their time to help you, or whether it's to pay for digital products, e-courses, online programs, e-books. There are so many different things you can do to get the resources that you need to help you. So anyway, Mark, I hope that helps. If I was completely off base there, please leave a comment again at bernieshung.com slash live or you can even email me. You guys all know my email address, but just in case you don't, it's lifespark at bernieshung.com. That's B-E-R-N-I-X-I-O-N-G.com. Let me know if that helped answer your question. Let me know if there's anything else you need. So anyway, thank you again, Mark. A quick shout out to Dave Conry. I know I mentioned you at the beginning. I don't know if you're still watching, <laughs> but if you are, thank you, dude. You are so awesome and so supportive. If you guys haven't checked out Dave Conry's podcast uh, yet, he's, I mean, I already liked it before, but he totally revamped his podcast, and now he's got the most kick-ass music on it. I don't know where he's finding this stuff. I think he's finding it just randomly on SoundCloud. Amazing music on this podcast. So aside from inspiring guests and great conversations about being a creative entrepreneur, 
Dave's got some really kick-ass music that he's playing on the breaks and in the interludes, and I'm just like so blown away because it's really having me rethink how I need to level up the Shut Up show and take it to a whole new level to uh, help entertain you guys even more because I know it gets boring <laughs> listening to me cackle like a hyena. I know I put myself down a lot about the way I laugh and everything, but I, I'm just trying to keep it real here. Sometimes I, I play back my podcast and I'm like, oh my God, my laugh is just horrid. <laughs> but thank you for loving me, you guys. You guys are awesome. So anyway, since I started a little bit late, I've got a couple more minutes here left. And I really wanted to share briefly how awesome it was to go to Misfit Conference in Fargo last week. It was the, uh, I believe, the 29th and 30th, or the 30th and 31st, whatever days it was. It was absolutely amazing, you guys. Hence the reason I lost my voice and I couldn't complete an episode. But the coolest thing I want to say about Misfit Conference, which, by the way, it's spearheaded by AJ and Melissa Leon, which you guys have heard me you know, talk about for years now if you've been following my journey uh, since then. And, man, I know I get pretty real and pretty raw here on Shin Kicking Mondays as well as on the Shut Up Show, but I'll, I'll tell you, there is something about being part of that Mystic Conference that makes you even more brave than, than you've ever been before. You know, being in a room with 150 individuals for, I was actually there for about two and a half days, so for about two and a half days, but a lot of people showed up on the Wednesday and didn't leave until like Sunday or Monday. So many people were there for longer than even three or four days at a time. And uh, for the two and a half days that I was there, I was absolutely blown away by how beautiful the people, the people were who showed up at the event. Now, it's, you know, we, we kind of overuse this term tribe, but I understand why it's important to use in the context of, of, you know, building your brand and having a nice following of people who believe in what you do and believe in the mission and, you know, dig their heels in, in the world alongside you. But there's something about being part of that misfit tribe that completely, completely struck a chord with me. Um, I've never felt so vulnerable and so open and honest in my life. And I and at that point, you know, arriving there last week, I actually thought that I had been fairly vulnerable and open. And just to kind of give you a, a quick um, background of what happened. So I didn't know that I was going to make it to Fargo for sure. I'd been talking about it for months. But I knew I had my book launch at the end of May. I knew I had to move physically to a completely new state um, that very weekend. And I knew I also wanted to go to Fargo to support AJ and Melissa and all the other misfits because a lot of my friends from all around the globe were going to show up. And I had missed Fargo last year in 2013, and I, I knew I was going to regret it. I heard it was such an amazing time. I said, you know, it, it's a 90% chance I'm going, and then the only way I wouldn't go is if for some reason I seriously, like, can't finish moving or something like that. And so I got on a Skype call with Raul Colon, which you're going to see an interview with with um, him and me on the Shut Up show uh, very soon. And Raul and I have been friends since the Chris Brogan web show that he had a couple of years back. And Raul said to me, 
Bernie, if, if there's a conference you don't want to miss, he said you don't want to miss Misfit. You don't want to miss going to Fargo. He's like, that, that's all I can say to you. It's absolutely life-altering. you got to go. Whatever you can do, you got to go. Make it happen. And so that was literally about five days before the event. <laughs> so that afternoon I talked to Raul. I said, all right, I'm going. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to go. So I pushed out the book launch. There were a few things that weren't ready anyway, so I decided just to push out the book launch for another month. No big deal. And I told AJ and Melissa, I'm coming. I am actually going to be coming for sure. Let me know what I need to know. Can't wait to support you guys. I've been, you know, I'm not going to miss another year. And I kind of explained to them how I was moving and I was pushing out the book launch. And AJ felt bad because AJ is actually writing the forward for my book, and he actually had to ask if he could push that out anyway because of the conference. And so I felt like everything in the universe was telling me, wait, for whatever reason, things aren't going to work out right now for what you originally had planned. So maybe let's deviate from the plan and and go. You know, wait on that thing over there that you thought had to happen so that you can go and make it happen what is is showing up for you. The conference kept kept pulling and tugging at my heart. It was like, come, you need to come to Fargo. So I went. Well, two days before I was, actually one day before I was supposed to leave for Fargo, AJ sends me a message again online and says, I have a crazy question for you. <laughs> you know, and that's all he says. You know, and this is AJ fucking Leon, you guys. You know, for those who don't know him, he's, um, he's, he's pretty amazing. He's done some really amazing things in the world. He's so philanthropic. He's such a giver. He's such a good person. And I model after that whole philanthropic giving to other people and do the best you can kind of thing that he taught me over the past few years that I've been following his journey. And so I was nervous. I was extremely nervous. And I wrote this in, my, in the newsletter on Sunday. I said, I am so scared to find out what he's going to ask me. What's this crazy question, you know? On one hand, I'm excited if he wants me to get involved somehow and be a part of the speaker lineup or, or something. I don't, I don't know what at this point. I just knew he might ask me to do something to be a part of the conference. How awesome is that for my first time there? But on the other hand, I was extremely nervous. I was so scared because I have this thing called performance anxiety, which you probably wouldn't expect because, I hello, <laughs> I do a web show every week and I run a podcast and I, I speak in front of people. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I don't get it either, but I thrive on that. But it scares me to death to get in front of people, especially if I don't feel prepared. And so anyway, AJ and I get on the phone, and he's like, I would love for you to interview Tyson Adams of Jai Coffee House. He's coming to the event. I was originally going to interview him, but I just thought, you know, how awesome would it be to have you who are, you know, you guys are both friends now, to have you guys talk about how you both went for the same competition and he won it and but you still backed him up and you guys became friends and you guys made the coffee house happen. He's like, I really believe people will enjoy that story. And so in a heartbeat I said, Hell yeah, I'll help you out. I'll interview Tyson. I love Tyson to death. 
And so with that, and he said, oh, by the way, please keep this a secret. <laughs> so, so I show up in Fargo the next day, and I'm meeting people. And I, you know, I've got a bunch of friends there who I haven't met in person yet, but I finally do. And everybody's like, oh, I wonder who the speakers are. I wonder who's coming on. I wonder what's going on. And I'm sitting there like, you know, mum's the word, you know, so I totally, totally was like, yeah, I have no idea, you know, totally kept a secret, totally had to be quiet about everything, and it was um, hard, but at the same time, it was kind of fun and exciting because somebody said it to me, they came up to me, and they, you know, and, and I apologize, I, I, it escapes me who it was that I was talking to, but they said, What's so cool about this conference, she said, I was here last year and I'm, I'm here again this year. What's so cool about this conference is you could be talking to somebody who's going to be on stage tomorrow, but you wouldn't even know because that's all secretive. Isn't that so cool? And I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so anyway, um, to get to the whole point of the reason why I'm telling you this story, so so Friday is is the actual first day of the event, and I supposedly was supposed to talk then, but it ended up not happening. Uh, Tyson's flight was delayed, so then Saturday comes, and AJ says, you guys are on. And it was actually at a time I didn't think that we were going to be on, so I wasn't ready, <laughs> but I kind of was, because you know me, I'm always doing things off the cuff. And I get up on stage, and... I start to think about like what kind of story do I want to tell because obviously I want to engage the listeners. I want them to know how important it is to be a misfit and how important it is to know that we may feel like we're alone in the world as misfits, but we're not. We're all family. We're all in this together. Let's get together. Let's help each other. And so I started to tell the story about how I tried out, tried, oh, I sounded Canadian for a second. <laughs> I tried out for this contest, and I lost to Tyson. And Tyson um, had a beautiful application, nine-page business plan for his coffee house in Laos. And when I found out that he was the winner, having no idea who he was, and I heard the story, I fell in love with the story. And immediately, instead of saying, that dude sucks, I hate him, I wish I would have won, I immediately went to, you know what, I'm going to support this guy. However I can, I'm going to support this guy. I'm going to be a part of this movement. I envision myself being a part of this movement. I envision myself being friends with this Tyson dude. And I know that I can make a difference. I know I can help make an impact. And I know that it, us together will make it even more powerful than him and the original team that he had. And again, this is without knowing anything about him and without knowing too much more about the project other than what I already knew about the project. And so after Tyson won the contest, I did reach out to him on Facebook to congratulate him. I told him who I was. I told him how my parents were also from Laos, even though they're not Laotian. And so I wanted him to understand the difference between the Laotian families he was helping and my family, which is Hmong, who came from Laos, but they didn't live in the same village that Tyson would be helping, but that I still wanted to be a part of that process because I believe in being a misfit, I believe in changing the world, and I believed in his mission to help people all across the globe to get clean water and sanitary education. I still believe in that. So fast forward several months later, and at this point, this was about 2012, late 2012 this happened, 2013 came around, and Tyson reached out to me finally and said, Bernie, I would finally love 
to talk to you. I would finally love to learn more about how you can help. I want to know more about your community. I want to know more about how I can help you. Let's collaborate. Let's work together. Let's strategize. Let's see what we can do. We're going to go into a full launch later this year, and I want to make sure I do this right. And so um, I did what, what I could do well, right? And this goes back to Mark's question about... Um, you know, if you don't feel that like you have the time, if you don't feel like you have the money, or if you don't feel like you have the resources, what do you do? Like, how, where do you start? How do you do this? You know, you get stuck. And so for me, I didn't have any experience being a philanthropist. I didn't have any experience with, with knowing anything about Indiegogo or Kickstarter campaigns. But I had experience with coaching and with strategizing because I'm really good at mind mapping and I'm really good at helping people to take all of the little details and put it in big picture. And I'm also really good at taking big picture and drilling it down into to smaller details as well to help people plan out. And so I told, I told Tyson, can I help you strategize? Can I help you build a mind map? Can I help you determine a way that we can make this idea real? And I will hold you accountable to it. You know, I'll be your coach. I will help you. I will do whatever it takes. And so we worked together for several months. I also was a part of the um, Indiegogo uh, campaign that he did, which successfully he it was like 150 percent backed by the time the campaign was done and I was just so blown away that I got to be a part of that when again if we look back Tyson was my competitor Tyson won this this contest with AJ and Melissa Tyson beat me but yet instead of seeing him as a competitor instead of seeing him as somebody who I was going to envy and be jealous of, I chose to join forces with him and become partners, become collaborators, become family. And little did I know that that experience in partnering with Tyson would turn into a great friendship with Tyson where he, he calls on me and he trusts me, he contacts me whenever he has big decisions to make or whenever he wants to share something new with the business. And, and I'm just so blown away by that, being able to be seen as a trusted advisor, mentor, and a coach, and a strategist for somebody who I wholeheartedly believe in and look up to myself. But again, little did I know that that, that gesture of me getting involved in helping Tyson to build Chai Coffee House in Laos, which is doing well, um, he lived there for, I want to say, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyson, if you're watching this, um, I believe nine or ten months, Tyson lived there with his girlfriend Janelle, and they were running, after they literally built, like by hand, after they literally built this coffee house in Laos, they ran the coffee shop, they helped the farmers to be educated on how to grow the beans, they helped bring clean water and sanitary education into the local schools for the kids. I mean, they literally were on the ground rolling their sleeves up and helping the village as, as like true philanthropists and it just blew me away to be able to say I was a part of that on the back end, right, even though I wasn't physically there. But again, the point I'm making is I was so blown away that I was able to help manifest the opportunity to become a featured person who would get to talk on stage at Misfit Conference for my very first time there. I had no idea I would be asked to do that. I had no idea. You know, I, I know AJ appreciates me. He tells me all the time, and I believe that. I know he means that. But there are times that I look at myself and I and I go, gosh, I have a long way to go to 
even consider people like AJ and Melissa my peers because I look up to them as my modern day role models and heroes and it's so hard for me to see myself being put kind of in a similar light as them. It's just so difficult. And for him to say, we handcraft this conference and we want you to be a part of the lineup, it just absolutely blew me away. So when I was on stage and before I even got a chance to interview Tyson, I kind of told the backstory about how Tyson and I first met and how we competed and how we became like friends, you know, friends and family. I started crying. <laughs> like literally started crying in front of 150 fucking awesome misfits in a crowded room. And it was scary. It was nerve-wracking. But it was absolutely perfect. You know, I... I didn't expect to cry. It wasn't part of the plan, of course. Nobody plans to cry. But it was perfect because every emotion that I had been suppressing and I'd been holding in, good and bad, I, I put on a tough exterior when I went to Misfit because I wanted to be seen as a tough, courageous, strong, and brave bear, right? And I show up at this conference, and I'm the first one to cry on stage. And, and initially when I did, I was scared. I was scared to be judged that maybe I looked weak or that I looked silly or that I stole the stage from Tyson. It was his story we were going to talk about, not mine. But then immediately the, the thoughts of you're not good enough shifted to thoughts of gratitude and feelings of appreciation because when I got choked up and I started crying everybody in the audience clapped and and in the clap said to me it's okay Bernie it's okay to cry it's okay to have feelings it's okay to get emotional and I kinda of blanked out a little bit and at the end, I got approached by a, a lot of people, some of them who were already were my friends and some who I hadn't met yet at the conference. And they said, thank you so much for being honest and brave and vulnerable on stage. Thank you so much for sharing yourself and sharing your story. And it just solidified for me the reason why I was supposed to be there. That's why I was supposed to be at Misfit. If there was anything I take away, there are so many reasons why I loved Misfit and why I loved being in Fargo. You know, the city that many people would go, why the hell would anybody want to go to Fargo, North Dakota? <laughs> but there was a reason I was supposed to be there. There are a lot of reasons, but the main reason was it was the perfect place for the perfect reason at the perfect time that I needed to be there. And that's the best way I can describe it. And so I hope, you know, as, as we kind of bring this conversation back full circle, Mark, to your question, and to any of you out there who are listening to this and feeling like you're never making traction and it's never going to make a difference the things that you do and you're never good enough and there's always somebody better than you and why am I even showing up? Nobody cares. Who's ever going to read this, right? As you're, as you're thinking about all of those things, as you're worried about all of those things, 
let's just remind ourselves that everybody all started somewhere, right? Everybody started at a place where they didn't know what they didn't know, and they had to learn, they had to fail, they had to practice, they had to make mistakes, they had to become braver, they had to become more open and honest and vulnerable and share the, their story with the world. We all had to start somewhere. So why don't we just meet people where they're at right now, right? Let's stop trying to meet people where we want to be in the future, or let's stop seeing ourselves as the person that we were in the past. Why don't we meet people where we are now? Why don't we show up as we are now? And let's be okay with being where we are now. Because where we are now is going to change by the minute and by the day. And where you are now today is going to be different from where you are tomorrow. Let's not rush to get to tomorrow. Let's just be the best person we can be today. And I hope that just gets us through to today and helps us to remove the doubts and helps us to get over the feelings of, of I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy enough. And I'm saying this for myself because, like I said, even as I sat there, being validated by 150 people, my my inner chatter immediately still went to, holy shit, did you just make a fool of yourself? Rather than, holy shit, <laughs> I got to stand on stage at Misfit Conference. Right? So let's be who we are today. Let's focus on being the best that we can today with what we have so that it can move us to tomorrow, so that we can be even more amazing tomorrow. But let's meet each other where we're at today and focus on that, guys. So with that, that is another edition of Shin Kicking Mondays. Thank you so much for joining today. Again, I apologize for last week, but I've got 95% of my voice back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the hyena laughs will ensue after today. But again, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's anything you want to have covered here on Shane Kicking Mondays, go to BernieShung.com slash live, leave a comment, or email me, lifespark at BernieShung.com, and I'll have your question or comment featured. And another great idea, too, I've been thinking about this, but this also came up in a conversation I had with awesome Dave Conry. I'm thinking about having on some guest coaches to help coaches through different things in life. So if there's somebody that you'd like to see featured on here with me, to guest coach with me, and if there's something that you want solved or you want covered by this guest coach and me, let us know. Again, BernieShung.com slash live. All right, folks, that's been another edition of Shin Kiki Mondays live at noon Central Time, and I'm so happy you could make it, and I promise I will be in tip-top shape 100% next week. See you Monday, guys. Peace. Join other brave entrepreneurs who are kicking fear to the curb, shutting up, and making shit happen at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe.